gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast. I'm your host, G2. This is episode 125, which is entitled Condemn. Now, before I get into today's topics and before I read you off the National Food Days of the week, I would like to ask every single one of you, how are you? I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are uh, living well. I hope you guys are doing great today. And also, I just want everyone to know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So please go talk to your psychiatrist or therapist about anything that you Uh, have a problem with because mental health is important. A lot of people put their mental health on the back burner and I don't want people to just do that. I want people to actually get the help that they need and also talk to people that you think could help you with it, whether it be a therapist, psychiatrist, or just a friend. And if you have no friends or you feel that you have something that's heavy or that you just don't know who you can talk to about it, I am here. I know I'm a stranger that you guys might listen to like once, twice, or three times a week because I put out shows literally three times a week here, but I am someone that you at least could talk to. My email is in the episode description. I used to give it out every end of the episode, so I feel like I need to bring that back. So instead of me doing it at the end of the episode, I'm going to do it right now. My email is mytwocentspod at yahoo.com. I want you guys to use that email to talk to me about anything. If you guys just want to have a quick little chat with me, my email is there. I am here. I always check it every single day. And I will at least message you back. If you don't know how to spell my two cents pod, I'll break it down to you. M-Y, the number two, C-E-N-T-S-P-O-D at yahoo.com. That is my email address. And I will be, as I said, checking it daily, regularly. And if you email me, hey, I get it. I'll email you back. And I just want to just throw it out there for everyone. Now, with that being said, let's get to National Food Days of the Week. Today being May the 7th, Roasted Leg of Lamb Day. May 8th, tomorrow, it is Coconut Cream Pie Day. May 9th, Shrimp Day. May 10th, Livers and Onion Day. Nothing on May 11th. However, on May 12th, it is Nutty Fudge Day. And to round it off, May 13th, it is Hummus Day. Fruit Cocktail Day, and Apple Pie Day. Now, before I get into the U.S. news, let's talk about things that happen internationally. And the first thing that came about this week that touched on American soil, well, news-wise, was a Serbian school getting shot, um, as it's come from the Associated Press. Police say that a Serbian school shooter had a list of students to target. Um, a 13-year-old boy who opened fire Wednesday at his school in Serbia's capital drew sketches of classrooms and made a list of children he intended to target in a meticulous planned attack, police said. He killed eight fellow students and a guard before calling the police and being arrested. It was further reported that since he is 13, he cannot face criminal charges because he is under the 14-year-old uh, like age, which you could be facing criminal uh actions so social services will determine what happens to him he carried two guns belonging to his father at least one a handgun and four Molotov cocktails officials said interior minister said the weapons were licensed and kept in a safe 
but that the teen apparently knew the code. The father was also arrested, but has yet to be charged. It is not clear how many rounds were fired, but police said the shooter reloaded the handgun. Now, that was one incident that happened in Serbia literally on a Wednesday. They had another shooting the day after on a Thursday, as this comes from Reuters, as it was reported, a man with neo-Nazi symbols killed eight in second uh, Serbian mass shooting. As reported, a young man wearing a t-shirt with neo-Nazi symbols killed eight people and wounded 14 in Serbia's second mass shooting in consecutive days, and he was caught later hiding at his grandfather's house, authorities said on Friday. The latest rampage took place in the village of Budana, a south of the capital, late on Thursday, as the Balkan country was already mourning nine people killed the previous day in an unprecedented shooting by a 13-year-old boy. This is terrible for our country. This is a huge defeat. In two days, so many killed, said a village resident named Ivan, not far from where the shooting took place. State broadcasters RTS said the suspect had been involved in an altercation in a schoolyard. He left to fetch an assault rifle and a handgun, opened fire, then continued to shoot at people from a moving car. The man fired at people in two other nearby villages before fleeing, authorities said. Police found him eventually hiding in his grandfather's house, where they also discovered hand grenades and an automatic rifle and ammunition. So with this, not only did the boy get arrested, the police also arrested his grandfather and uncle. So I don't know what the deal is over there in uh, Serbia with the, their gun laws. I didn't look into it. I just know that they were really, really... Um, this was big news for them because it's not like the United States where we get a shooting literally happening every single week. This kind of stuff doesn't really happen for them. They really made a big emphasis on that, that even though they have weapons around there, they don't really have like school shootings or even shootings like this. They don't really have this. So for the people over there in Serbia, this was big national news for them and they talked about how people already in their government is trying to make some changes off of these two incidences right here. So if you have people over there in Serbia, and I'm talking about the Americans now, I want us to take some notes from this. If you have people already over there saying, yo, we're going to try to figure something out and get everything taken care of because they don't want nothing like this to happen again. My question is, why can't we? Why can't our people in charge figure out some type of law figure out some type of method to make sure no big mass shootings happen this shouldn't be a weekly occurrence of mass shootings happening over here in the united states over there in serbia they have two mass shootings literally because in consecutive days and their government already saying that they want to take care of it right now we have no idea i'm pretty sure within this next week or within the following weeks that are coming up America's going to find some type of knowledge or some type of uh, get some information about what they're thinking about doing with their guns over there. That's all I'm trying to say. America, we have this big gun debate literally every single week with people, but it's so easy in a way to take care of it, but we don't. We don't take care of it. We just constantly bicker and fuss with each other. I like hearing that they over there in Serbia, wanted to take care of this quick and easy so nothing like this ever happens again. And I want America to at least grab that kind of quickness 
for the, yo, we got to take care of this now so none of this will happen ever again. That's all I want for us. Now, moving over to the 13-year-old boy who shot the school, I have no information about what's going on over there. They haven't really put much out about the 13-year-old boy besides that he had a list. So this means to tell me that this kid had a premeditated like thought process of, okay, these are the people that I'm going to kill, and that's just what it is. For him to go there, kill certain select uh, students and a guard, and then call on the cops on himself, that proves that he was willing to do the time for the crime that he did. That shows that he thought about this. He really said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And you know what, after I get done with it, I'm just going to, well, face my time for this. I don't know what is going on out here in the world, not just in America anymore. Out here in the world, we are really starting to get in some real uh, crazy times, man. And I just don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like, in all honesty, I don't know what's going to happen. My eyes are open to a lot of things. This one, it just feels common over here in America if that were to happen over here. But over there in Serbia, it wasn't common for them because you saw them hold visuals. You saw them uh, cry at night and people just hugging each other, just huddling around. And it just, again, for me being American, it was like, okay, cool. I've seen that over here constantly. But just to see them now experience this, it's heartbreaking, but it's always going to be heartbreaking whenever uh, somebody goes into a school and starts shooting up, right? So I hope they're able to find out why he had these lists of names. What did these people do to him? And they at least get some type of motive to understand why he did what he did. That's at least what I'm hoping for with this. Now moving over to my next thing I want to talk about. If you guys haven't seen this, there is a video that's out here of a Russian delegate ripping a Ukraine flag out of the hands of a Ukraine delegate at a meeting somewhere. And you just see the Ukraine delegate rushing over and punching the Russian diplomat right in his face. And I mean, he goes about it good two to three times. And then you start seeing people like separate the two guys. And apparently it's all about because the Russian delegate grabbed the flag of the Ukraine delegate and just ripped it away from him and walked away. I like that. I'm not going to lie to you. I like the attitude that we're seeing between these delegates here, the delegations, the people in the government spots. I like seeing that. I like seeing someone not taking crap from someone else that's, again, trying to cause harm to someone else. Again, this is just like how the war started. Somebody in Russia went over and start harassing the Ukraine. So the Ukraine started to uh, fight back. And that's what happened here. If you haven't seen the video, I would implore you to go see it. This is another uh, a test to mess around and find out. So I don't know what's going to happen with these guys. I don't think nothing's really going to happen. I think this is just another lesson for people that one, keep your hands to yourself, but also two, don't try to mess with other people, especially whenever they're not doing nothing to you. But again, go watch the video. Because just seeing that guy get clipped two to three times in his head, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Now, moving over to the coronation of King Charles. I'm not going to have much to say about this. I woke up whenever uh, Charles got his crown be placed on his head. And I didn't care too much about it, personally. I didn't care. The American news over here, they were talking about it a lot. The days leading up to it. Uh, the threats at, I believe, Buckingham Palace. 
that happened this week. All right, cool. Fine, whatever. I didn't like Charles being coordinated. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like it. I don't like that they had a documentary set up for this guy on Paramount+. Plus. This is not an ad for that at all. Um, they try to do a whole lot of cleanup work for King Charles. And in the process of doing cleanup work in the trailer for this documentary, you know when you talk about Charles, you have to talk about his late uh, former wife, Princess Diana. And when they got to the Diana portion of the trailer, a former royal like servant or guard or whatever the hell his name is or his position was, he talked about how he, without a doubt, can say that Princess Diana was the first person that stepped out in their marriage. Now, me being now 27, because my birthday was yesterday, I, for a good portion of my life, have heard nothing but positive things about Diana, heard about how Diana was the loving one, how she cared about uh, Charles. You hear from all these documentaries, you hear from all these TV adaptations of the royal family, you even hear it from like the royal, not royal family, but people over there in England, how they talk about Diana. They put her on a pedestal and everything else and how this hobnobbling or goblin like Charles treated her bad and how he was still in love with Carmela, even in his marriage of Diana. You now that he's about to become the guy at the top, we now want to try to erase all that and say, well, Diana stepped out first. Again, I did not see the documentary, so that's me giving that fair warning here. But just going off the trailer there, I didn't like it. I didn't like how they tried to besmirch her in that trailer. I didn't like it. That made me... Well, I already don't like don't like uh, the royal family as it is. But that made me really not like it. Because you guys got to remember, William and Harry, they probably heard all the stories. They heard all the stories about their mother and their father. And... A good portion of their life has been documented. Like, literally, the royal family can't go nowhere without people documenting everything. The media, like, taking photos and writing about what they're doing. And you mean to tell me how the media never talked about how Diana was the first person to step out in their marriage? That's what you're trying to tell me. We're now just getting that now in this documentary of Charles here. Again, this was a cleanup piece. I didn't like how this thing... Uh, came out, it just feels like slimy and ilky to me, and I do wonder how uh, Harry and William personally think about this. I just know that if it was me and my mom was uh, dead and my father, he was creeping out on my mom, and now he's about to take a top spot, and now we're getting cleanup duty of his documentary of his life, and in there you try to besperge my mother, I wouldn't be too happy about that, so I wonder how William and Harry... Think about it. I know William, he had to take a knee to his father at the ceremony and his funny little getup. But Harry, I'm not. I just wonder how they all feel personally. Do they really care about Carmela? Do they not really care? Do they want her to just go off a hill or do they not just even communicate with her? I don't know. Only they will know. I don't even think the royal guards and all those folks will ever truly know. I think that the royal family are good at putting a mask on in front of the public and even in front of their workers. But. Time will tell with that, and also, here's my time on this. King Charles is going to be on that throne, I feel, for the next five to seven years. Those are literally my range. Five to seven years I give him, after that he's going to go off, either he dies or he's going to just relinquish the throne. He probably won't relinquish it, so he'll probably die after those five or seven years. 
that's my best bet. So Williams probably just warming his hands up Birdman style, ready for uh, his position to take as the next king of England. So, hey, this is where we're at over there in England. So hope everybody in England enjoys your time over there with uh, King Charles as your king over there. And also God save the king now, at least. Now, moving away from international news, I want to talk about United States news. First thing I want to talk about is the culprit. Thank God he's finally been arrested. Uh, the Texas manhunt uh, ended this Tuesday after a man who was suspected, or they're going to say accused, allegedly of killing five of his neighbors, was found hiding in a laundry pile. As this comes from NBC News, the man accused of killing five of his neighbors with an AR-15 in their Texas home was arrested Tuesday after a tip led authorities to a house less than 20 miles away from where the crimes took place, officials says. The arrest of Francisco Orposa, 38 in the city of Cut and Shoot, Texas, marked the end of a massive manhunt that was in its fourth day Tuesday. A tip called into an FBI line at 5.15 p.m. led to Orposa's arrest at 6.30 p.m. The assistant special agent in charge of the FBI's Houston field office said at a news conference. We just want to thank the person who had the courage and bravery to call in the suspect's location. However, what they will not tell you and what they didn't tell you so much was that um, the FBI did have an award or a reward of $80,000 for information. So probably the guy who tipped it off or the woman who tipped it off probably got those uh, $80,000. But nevertheless, the man is off the streets. And this is saddening to me for people that don't know. Uh, last Friday, another Friday that just happened. But last Friday, um, this man or this alleged man uh, was shooting his gun up in the air. Uh, his neighbors came over to him and told him, hey, man, can you stop shooting your gun? Uh, you're kind of waking up my baby. It's hard, it's hard for the baby to sleep. The man got upset with him, said, no, nope, I'm on my property. You can't tell me what to do here. So the man said, you know what? That's cool. That's fine. You can do that. But can you just stop shooting the gun? The man said, nah, I'm not going to stop it. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go fine. I'm going to call the cops. So this led to the shooting of uh, Oroposa shooting his neighbors, and he ended up killing a 9-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 31-year-old, and an 18-year-old. Uh, the people that he did shoot was one of his neighbor's son and the neighbor's wife. So I don't feel sorry for this man at all. For this guy to do that to someone, either he made you well, he asked you the simplest request to, hey, can you stop doing this? My baby is trying to go to sleep. It's hard for my baby to go to sleep. Can you stop that? You as a neighbor or you as just a plain Jane human being, getting somebody that will walk up to you courteously say, hey, can you just do that for me? It wasn't like the man was punching him in the face and say, hey, stop shooting your gun. You're making my baby uh, more wired and awake as we're trying to put it down. That didn't happen here. It was just a simple, hey, can you uh, stop shooting your gun here? This is what upsets me with humanity. Somebody could easily give you an easy thing or ask something of you that's so easy that doesn't require any hardship of you, but people take offense to it. People take offense to you because someone saying, hey, can you just do this? Stop becoming a pain in the ass. Because that's basically what it was. This man became a pain in the ass. Why are you shooting your gun up in the air? Just become a complete jackass. But now he's in jail. He's been charged with five counts of murder, and he's being held on a $5 million bond. 
I hope that he never gets uh, out, to be honest with you. Because if somebody's asking something of you like that, which, again, I want somebody to please understand and make me understand why somebody was firing a gun off in the air. Again, that just feels like jackass behavior. You got a shooting range. You can go to a shooting range and just shoot off a gun if you want to do that. That's fine. And yes, people might say, well, that's my property. I do whatever I want. To an extent, listen, there's people that will be able to drive around in a neighborhood with their music up in the air. They get to their own property. They have their music up in the air. They can get police called upon them because that's called disturbing the peace. If your neighborhood's peaceful and you're the only jackass around bumping music or being allowed disturbance in said neighborhood, guess what? That's called disturbing the peace. You are disturbing the peace of the people. And guess what? The police can come over and tell you, hey, knock that crap off. Turn it down. Do something else. Don't become a pain in the ass for your other neighbors. So that's what this man did. He was a pain in the ass and he ended up shooting people because of him wanting to be an asshole. So now he's in jail. I don't I don't feel no uh, sympathy for him. I feel sympathy for the people that lost their loved ones. I feel sympathy for the husband that lost his uh, child and his wife because of this a-hole here. I really do. I hope that uh, he gets to speak at the trial whenever it does go to trial. And he gets to have the jury really feel his pain. Because I know he's going through it right now. Because he lost his wife and kid. But again, my uh, hearts and condolences go out to all these people that lost loved ones here because of a a-hole not wanting to uh, do something just peaceful for everyone in the neighborhood. Now off to the next person that got arrested this week. College Town serial killer was 21 years old, former student. Cop says, as has come from the Daily Beast, a 21-year-old former UC Davis student has been arrested and charged following a stabbing spree that terrorized the Northern California college town over the last week. Carlos Dominguez. 21 was a student at the university until last week. Davis police chief said at a press conference Thursday afternoon, the chief said that Dominguez has been charged with two counts of homicide and one count of attempted murder. Dominguez was in his third year at UC Davis. The college said in a statement on April 25th, he was separated for academic reasons, according to the release. Police currently have no information to suggest Dominguez knew the victims. The spree of gruesome Knife attacks began on April 27th when David Bro, a beloved figure known as a compassionate guy, was found stabbed to death in Central Park. David, a Stanford graduate who lived on the streets of Davis, had published a book of anonymous collective writings by the community members on the subjects of compassion. Now, two days later, the killer would strike again, killing a 20-year-old UC Davis senior when he was stabbed and killed at Sycamore Park while on his way home from an undergraduate award ceremony. The victim was studying uh, computer science and was only six weeks away from graduation. He was violently attacked and stabbed multiple times. A witness saw the last part of the attack the police chief said and had short interaction with the suspect. We started a search but were unable to locate the suspect. The final attack came two days later on May 1st. Kimberly Guillory was staying at a homeless encampment when her tent was slashed. The assailant reached through and started stabbing her. The woman was able to call 911 and survive the attack with serious injuries. At that point, uh, the police chief said police believed it was probable that the stabbings were linked, but still had to maintain the possibility that there were several attackers. Police then released a description of the suspect, who they described as a man with a light complexion, curly hair, thin build, 
wearing a black or blue sweatshirt, black pants, and carrying a brown backpack. On Wednesday, the police received calls from more than a dozen members of the public who had spotted a man fitting that description, and they ended up getting him, and it was Carlo Dominguez. So they got him, they looked into his backpack, they found a large hunting knife consistent with the murder weapon. Uh, they questioned Dominguez all night. Dominguez was found to have injuries on his hands and wrists, so that was enough for them to say, you know what, we're going to arrest him. So right now, Dominguez is in jail for this. I'm not certain if he did do it or not. This isn't as a case-closed type shut deal. As the one I just read to you about the neighbors uh, getting shot by their neighbor because of not wanting to put the gun down. But this one, we're going to keep our eyes on. I know I'm at least going to keep my eyes and ears on because I don't understand people start stabbing people. Stabbing is such a personal type of situation and for someone to want to just stab someone you got to really not be all the way up there mentally for you to stab someone like that again stabbing is a personal uh thing because you're getting so close to someone that you could just feel them as you're stabbing them you're feeling all their heartbeats you're feeling their emotions just being sucked out of their bodies as you're stabbing them so i'm not so certain with what is going on in people's minds whenever they stab someone so I'll be looking at this and uh, we'll just have to wait and see if Carlo Dominguez will be uh, released or they're just going to keep on holding him until they decide that he is the attacker. Now moving along to the Atlanta shooting. For people that don't know, there was a man that went into an Atlanta uh, hospital and he started shooting up inside the hospital. And I want to read you something. This is an update to that. WSB Cox articles reveal mother reveals why suspected Atlanta mass shooter was upset before gunfire. The mother of the man accused of shooting five people in Midtown Atlanta said he was angry that doctors wouldn't give him Ativan, an anti-anxiety drug. Dion Patterson, 24, is accused of opening fire in the waiting room of a Northside Hospital medical office, killing one woman and wounding four others. Channel 2's Sophia Cho spoke to Peterson's mother off-camera after the shooting. She told Cho that doctors would not give her son the tranquilizer, which treats anxiety, but also be addictive. They will also learn that Peterson was a Coast Guardman, but had been discharged in January. It's unclear why he was released. Sean Hoover, a senior attorney at the Public Defenders Council, who is representing Peterson, issued a statement Thursday saying that his client is a veteran and suffers from apparent mental health issues. My team is investigating the details and circumstances of the charges to provide with zealous, effective, and timely representation, Hoover said. While I cannot comment further at this time, I will be working tirelessly on Mr. Peterson's behalf towards a resolution. Thank you. Police said Peterson was only in the medical office for two minutes before he opened fire. Police would say that Peterson ran from the medical office after the shooting and stole a truck that was running and empty at a nearby Shell station. The truck was found at a parking garage at the Battery Atlanta in Cobb County after he hid in a pool house at a Cobb County apartment complex. Peterson was arrested hours later. The video shows him surrender to officers before being handcuffed. The woman who was killed has been identified as 39-year-old Amy St. Pierre, who was employed at the U.S. Centers for Disease Prevention and Control. The other four victims, three of whom remain in critical condition, have not been identified. Peterson has been charged with one count of murder and four counts of aggravated assault. So this is going to be one of those tales of a veteran who wasn't able to get his stuff from the VA or the doctor's office, and that's going to be chalked up as, again, someone from the Army 
having medical issues. Well, mental issues. And again, I have had some work with the VA, not me personally, but I've done studies and I've looked into those type of things. And I can say that people at the VA that are former uh, veterans, well, former active people, but are now veterans, excuse me for my uh, wordage, they do have some problems. And I'm not going to say that the VA are quick to give them what they need. They are slow than anything. They have been slow on filing paperwork. They're slow on giving uh, veterans what they need. There's been countless of videos and uh, movies talking about it. I think the most latest one that I saw on Showtime, it had John uh, Boyega as a veteran, and he was robbing a bank, but he was playing as a uh, vet. And long story short, it was a real-life movie, and the man ends up dying by the police. He never really had a true bomb that he was threatening them with that he had. And at the end of that movie, at the end of it, they gave an update. And the VA has never, ever paid uh, back money that is deserving of the man that John Boyega was playing as, his family in real life. So again, the VA, they are slow than anything to actually want to help out the vets. So... I can see this guy being truly upset, but what I don't like, and I'm not trying to make an excuse here, what I don't like is someone just going out of their way, going into a hospital and shooting up a place just because they're not getting their way. I understand you're being upset. I understand it wholeheartedly. That's why I believe in uh, attorneys, or at least I now believe in attorneys because I've seen what attorneys have been capable of doing. Um, after you had one wrong attorney, you can swear you off attorneys for a long time. But once you get the right one that actually does the case right for you, um, you'll swear by attorneys all the time. And what I've seen an attorney has done, or at least the threat of an attorney to uh, big, high government uh, places like the VA, because they don't want to deal with attorneys. They just rather just deal with you because they think that they can uh, finagle you the way they've been finagling the vets for so long. They can't do that with an attorney. Attorney will look into your business. They'll look into your business model. They'll look into your business practice. They'll look into what's right business-wise and constitutionally what's right, what they are owed to you and all this type of stuff. And they'll just basically give the workers hella paperwork to try to get and fill out and all this type of stuff. So businesses are not trying to hear about lawsuits or hear about lawyers. Uh, the VA, they're not trying to hear that neither. Trust me, they're not. So I just wish that this guy, this 24-year-old year old, uh, Dion Patterson, he would have gotten a lawyer. He would have threatened to sue and all this type of stuff. Or if not, his mom would have put her foot into the uh, medical facilities, put foot in, took his for this. Because again, this was unnecessary. Again, I've stated it before and I've stated it more than once. I don't like people to try to do something that will cause damage to other people that are not deserving of it. The woman who ended up dying, she didn't deserve to die. She didn't, she had nothing to do with that. She was just there to do her job. You're upset at the system and she just happens to be a clog in the system, my guy. So I just wish that he would have just breathed and just relaxed and just waited. Have someone else be your advocate for you. 
these veterans, they need advocates, they need people to speak up for them because a lot of them, they do not know how to speak up for themselves. So again, I'm going to blame this on his mental health. I can't blame this on nothing else, but I will say that I do wish that uh, he would have had somebody be his advocate for him because it's what needs to happen for a whole lot of vets. So I think this needs to be, again, another one of these lessons that the government and also people that are in the military need to give a fair warning to people that's joining the military, joining the army, joining the Navy, wherever the hell branch of active service that you're in. This needs to be shown to them to let them know this could be them if they don't get their proper help that they need. And also the government needs to put their foot on the VA's neck for real, because this type of action shouldn't be happening. Again, the VA, they're failing their job. They're failing to give this guy his proper medication. And that's basically where we're at here. This guy, he didn't have his medication. So he went off, uh, he went off and, um, it's not good for anybody. And I just feel sorry for the woman that lost her job. And I feel sorry for the people that are in critical condition because, again, the medical system and uh, the systems that this man fought for failed him. And he just felt that he needed to retaliate, which, again, was not the best way for him to retaliate. Sue people. Start suing the government. Start suing these people. And trust me, uh, I feel that everything will at least start getting the wheels going in the gear, if you know what I mean. So that's all I'm trying to say with this right here. Now moving to the big debacle. This past week on a New York subway station, a man got choked to death. And I want to read you something from Business Insider. Daniel Penny, a 24-year-old Marine veteran, is the man seen choking Jordan Neely in subway death. The former Marine who's seen choking a homeless Michael Jackson impersonator in a subway killing that shocked New York City and the nation this week is Daniel Penny, a 24-year-old surfing enthusiast from West Lisbon, Long Island. Insider has confirmed Penny could be seen on video with his arm around the head and neck of Jordan Neely, who was said to be behaving erratically on the F train Monday or about 2.15 p.m. Penny's name circulated Thursday on Twitter. The Daily Mail briefly included his last name in a photo caption on his website Thursday, and the website publishes an article Friday morning naming Penny. A former senior law enforcement official confirmed to Insider that Penny was the man seen on a video placing Neely in a chokehold before his death. Penny, his family members, and his lawyers didn't respond to phone calls or messages sent Thursday night and Friday morning. He has not been charged with a crime as of right now as the time of this uh, recording, but they did say that they are looking into this. The court system are looking in to see if they're going to press any type of charges on the man because the city's medical examiner on Wednesday did declare uh, Neely's death as a homicide. So we're still have to wait and see if they're going to charge uh, Penny with anything, but Here's my thing with this. According to the New York Daily News, the incident began around 2.30 p.m. on a Monday. That's when they say Neely boarded an uptown F train and began screaming and yelling at people, acting in a hostile and erratic manner, passengers told police. I don't have food. I don't have a drink. I'm effed up. He screamed. I witnessed Juan Alberto Vasquez told the New York Times I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. I'm ready to die. Neely then began to throw garbage at commuters. Passengers said 
which prompted an argument between him and an unidentified veteran. They're talking about Penny. A brief confrontation ensued before the veteran came from behind, kneeling, according to Vasquez, and placed him in a chokehold that lasted 15 minutes. Now, in the video, they only show you the video on CNN, ABC, all this type of stuff of uh, Neely being choked by Penny, and you see it like another guy kind of like hold down Penny. My thing with this is that if you have someone coming on board saying something like that, you already got people in a frenzy now. There's been people doing lunacy things now more than ever that people are real weary of. People might say, oh, it's just this, it's just that. No, 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 no. Listen here. People are afraid for their life every time they walk out their house. People might put on their front like, oh, I'm not afraid. Oh, no, they're afraid. People are more afraid now more than ever. It's the truth. You got people that are afraid to let their kids go to school, but they have to let them go to school because guess what? They don't have the money to sit them home and school uh, homeschool them. So they got to take them to school. You got adults that are out here that are afraid that their kids will get shot at school because, again, school shootings are happening. So, hey, they just got to pray and hope to God nothing happens to them. That's just what the reality that we're living in this type of case. And if you mean to tell me you have a guy that comes onto a train that you're on that's saying, hey, I'm hungry, I'm effed up, I have no problems going to jail. People aren't going to be afraid. You mean to tell me that's not going to happen? People are afraid off of anything now. People are afraid. But if someone were to yell that statement out just randomly on any type of vehicle that you're in, you'll be afraid. Just point blank period. Now, people have said that, hey, this guy was someone that people people knew, that the train stations knew. He was... Uh, Michael Jackson impersonator, yada, yada, yada. You see all those videos, but they don't show you him being a Michael Jackson impersonator with the beard and all that scruff that he had on. They show him clean cut, shaven face, hair nice and all that type of crap. Michael Jackson clothing, cool. But the last image that we see is my man with a beard on his face. My man's hair not looking good. My man looking not the best. Yes, he had mental problems because again, that comes out. Because family would state that he had some mental issues, which obviously. Um, but when you are not, quote unquote, aware of things like this. As a person that probably doesn't look into it like that, you're going to be afraid. And you have passengers up there that were afraid. Some of them weren't. If you live in New York, you live and die by seeing strangers act up and act wild. That's just what it is. If you don't live in New York and you're just visiting there or you're just getting to live there, it's your first time, you're going to be uh, not accustomed to people acting stupid and wild if you don't come from that type of environment. But if you do, I don't think people uh, get too worried. Either way, I'm jumbling around on this thing. This man should not have died. That's one thing. I think we all can agree on that. That's fine. That's cool. But I'm not going to put so much emphasis on the dude killing him. I can't do that. I can't. That'll be me being a hypocrite for real. There's been multiple situations where we have seen and heard of people saying they're going to do this or do that. And we all 
have wondered, okay, why didn't someone take action? This person said, yo, they were going to do this. We have seen it and heard people say, hey, yo, if someone says who they are, believe them. Like, for example, there have been countless of times that we've gotten reports that the school knew about a shooter's past uh, record or their acting up behavior inside, say, classroom or wherever the hell may have you. And we wonder to ourselves, okay, why didn't the school take action? Didn't they know this was coming? Didn't they know that this kid was going to act up or he was going to do something erratic around? Didn't the school know this? And then that leads into bigger problems. And parents end up suing the schools because they will say, didn't you guys know that this was going to happen? Now, it goes to this where the guy said, hey, I have no problem going to jail. I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. I'm ready to die. There will be passengers on that train really being afraid, saying, oh, my God, what's this guy going to do? I know I would be because personally, I ain't down with someone being uh, lunacy, just spurting that out. I'll be like, "Okay, what's homeboy up to? I'm already looking at mad multiple exits to find out, Okay, how the hell am I getting out of here? Something does pop off, yada, yada, yada. This guy, he wasn't trying to wait for that. He got into a situation with Neely. And Penny put him in a chokehold, and then this is where we're at now. Now we got people going 50-50. People are saying that Penny needs to be charged for killing Neely. And you got people that are saying, well, they can't really fault Penny for doing what he's doing. Now, this is where I feel that we need to put police officers on uh, trains. Because if that is a situation that has been a constant thing, and there's been people and there's been video of seeing homeless people or people that are not in their right physical mind going on these train stations doing some uh real real not sensible or sporadic if you will and it leaves everyone in shock and we all question why wasn't someone there to get this person off the train we've seen it and we've all thought about it i know i have whenever i see someone acting loopy on a train or someone acting loopy on a bus or someone like acting loopy inside of an office. We always wonder, okay, where's security or where's someone that is in charge or employed that it's their job to get said person and get them out of here. Why was that not assigned on trains? That is public transport. That is public transportation. Why is there not someone in law enforcement down there riding the train stations to say, or see if someone's going to be acting crazy on a train. Hey, we can get them out of here. We can get them off the train and everybody can go about their safe day. I just don't understand how that's not a position. I don't understand that. For a city and a state like New York City, there should be police riding the train as their job. As much people ride the trains to get from point A to point B to point C to point D, you mean to tell me there's no police on a train? That's my whole big question mark on this. There needs to be police officers stationed inside the train station and riding the trains to make sure nobody will have to deal with craziness like this. And if they do, the police officer can let everyone know, hey, this guy's harmless. He's been on here before. He's good. Because if a police officer is letting everyone know that, then guess what? Everyone can at least calm themselves down and also... The person that 
that's been constantly arrested, that gets on the freaking train, that isn't going to be a pest. They know that the police officer's right there. They have a rapport with him, and they'd be like, hey, yo, man. And they could just probably even talk to said police officer because you know what? Certain people that are not all the way there, they like to have something that is staple in their life. And just having that one person just that they see that might do something for them. That might set them right back into their right uh, mental Rolodex of people and be like, oh, I can talk to this person. Or I can bother this person and I know there's nothing going to happen to me. Like, yeah. Something like that. I don't I don't get why there was no police officers on the train for this. I don't understand how they don't have it, but this is the situation that we're in right now. Um, I feel bad that Neely is dead. I do. I do feel bad that Neely is dead. I do feel bad for that. I feel that he should have been somewhere. I think that the family should have uh, grabbed him up personally because the family are now out here and they're upset that a person in their family got killed in which anybody's family would be if they do actually do care about them. I hope they're just not uh, out here looking for the limelight, but um, it's just, it's not good, but I can't put too much on the guy. I can't, I, I can't, I would love to, I truly do. Especially a white dude like choking a black dude out. I would love to. You guys have no idea. But let's just, this is just me being honest. If the rules were reversed, I wouldn't be upset. And I can't be upset at this because this is all about somebody making a threat and somebody being allowed with the threat on a public transit situation, especially after a lot of things have been going down recently publicly. Dog, what am I to do? What am I to say? What am I what am I gonna think? I should like condemn the person for doing it? No, I'm not gonna condemn them. Should I have said they should have put him in a chokehold? No. Do I think that while he was being choked, somebody could have just tapped the pockets of Neely and see if he had a weapon on him? Yes, they should have did that. But this is not hindsight being 2020. This is me armchair quarterbacking it now. At the time, someone put him in a chokehold and someone trying to restrain him. That's what people have seen in them do on television and movies so i think people are going to do that do i think people should be doing that hell no i think people should be allowing people that get paid to do these type of things do their job but since there's nobody um there to do this job you got regular citizens trying to handle something that shouldn't be up to them to handle so this is where we're at now so right now i just don't i can't i'm not too upset, but I'm just conflicted at this. I'm conflicted because a man should not be dead because of this, but also a man should not be persecuted because of basically him just trying to protect himself and people around him. So I'm not too mad at Daniel Penny for this, but I do wish that uh, Jordan Neely was around. So thoughts and prayers to the family of Jordan Neely and also thoughts and prayers to Daniel Penny. Now, more information will come out uh, as... This following week will uh, happen, and if more information happens to come out with uh, Daniel Penny having a racist background and he just was hatred of black people or something like that, then I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm all going to come back on here and I'm going to roast the hell out of this guy. But if none of that comes out, what can I say? Like, let's be honest. It's, again, it's just me being real. But hopefully more information does come out um, this upcoming week, but there needs to be some changes being made and again first changes i would 
make is literally have police officers ride the trains so they can handle these type of situations and not leave them in the hands of regular everyday uh, citizens. Now, moving on to the next topic, which will, without shadow of a doubt, affect a lot of parents and children and some teenagers going into the future if this thing passes, as it's come from the Associated Press. The title would read, Ban Social Media for Kids, Fed Up Parents, and Senate Say Yes. Legislation introduced by four senators aims to prohibit all children under the age of 13 from using social media and will require permission from a guardian for users under 18 to create an account. While it is one of several proposals in Congress seeking to make the internet safer for children and teens, the four senators said in a joint interview with the Associated Press that they believe they are representative of millions of American parents who are gravely worried that social media companies are largely unchecked in what they serve up to their children. The idea that an algorithm has some sort of First Amendment right to get into your kid's brain is preposterous. And the idea that a 13-year-old has some First Amendment right to have an algorithm has shoved unsettling content down their throat is also preposterous. Along with the age restrictions, the legislation would prohibit social media companies from using algorithms to recommend content to users under 18. It will also require the companies to try and verify the ages of users based on the latest technology. The bipartisan bill comes at a time when there is increasing appetite in Congress for regulating social media companies. And as these companies have for years eluded stricter regulation in Washington, some states like Utah and Arkansas have enacted their own laws, creating an even bigger challenge on the federal level. This time, the four senators said they believe there is an unusual bipartisan movement around the issue as parents grappling with burgeoning post-pandemic medical health crisis among young people. Recent data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, for example, show that 60% of teen girls reported feelings of persistent sadness or hopelessness, and 30% said they seriously considered attempting suicide. This is an issue that unites all parents across the country, no matter what their political views on other matters might be. So this is where we're at. Now we're here. We now have people in Congress, in the government, trying to make it safer for parents that are losing their kids thanks to social media in a way. Because for years upon years, we have always heard in the news, we've read it from Instagram posts or even tweets about uh, kids looking at their demographic or looking at people probably showing off a side that's not even real. And they feel down, they feel depressed, they feel like, why isn't my life like this? They feel all the usual stuff that even adults feel whenever they look at uh, social media. But kids, they take it a step further and some of them decide to end their lives because of what they see and also because of people just bullying them, cyberbullying them on uh, online. So now they're trying to come up with this and I have no problem with it, but I know how kids work. I know how uh, teenagers work because I used to be a teenager. Teenagers around the age of technology with uh, Facebook allowing everybody to get on there. MySpace still being the thing before Facebook dominated the uh, social media space and then Twitter popping up and all these other things. It's going to be hard for these parents to try to keep up. Literally, you're going to have parents that think, okay, I on top of the, my game, the kid can't get into this. They can't use this or use that without my uh, consent on it, without my 
knowledge or whatever may have you. Man, please, these kids are going to bypass all of that because they have for years. Kids have always bypassed anything that they want to get into. There are some adult sites that you can't get onto, quote unquote, unless you're 18. They say if you are above this age limit, click this button. If not, they'll have this little, little thing underneath it for you to click so you can get out of there. But come on now. T kids and teenagers are going to click onto something that will give them access to what they want to see and what they want to interact with. So that is what's going to happen here. I don't see how the government is going to do this personally. I don't know what type of uh, technology is going to prevent them, well, prevent the kids from accessing it. I don't see it because... Internet companies and social media companies is all about, hey, we got to get it trafficking on this site. We got to get people to constantly click on this site. We got to get people to do this and do that. I don't see how the government is going to stop it. I just want to keep you guys uh, informed of this and let you guys know what is trying to get passed in government. Do I think it's going to pass? It might. It might not. But if it does pass, I'm going to be real interested in seeing how these big social media uh, companies are going to try to stop kids from actually accessing or even creating an account personally. I'm going to be really interested in that. Now, moving over into Hollywood news. First thing to talk about is Ed Sheeran. He wins his uh, copyright case as the jury does uh, agree with him that he did not copy Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. After three hours of deliberation, jurors in Ed Sheeran's copyright infringement trial have unanimously found that he did not copy Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On for his 2014 track, Thinking Out Loud. I feel like the truth was heard and the truth was believed. Sharon told people in the courtroom just after the verdict was read, it's nice that we can both move on with our lives now. It's sad that it had to come to this. He gave an even longer statement to reporters outside the courthouse. I'm not going to read all that, but the point is he's trying to say, listen, there's things that have been going on in the music industry for years. They have been building blocks that have always been here. They will constantly be, be here. And I don't see how me using these building blocks to create my song has anything to do with another song that I did not basically rip off or uh, copy in any shape or the form of the imagination. My deal with this is that, you know what? Escher one cool fine whatever he does what he does Marvin Gaye's people are going to do what they're going to do but if Ed Sheeran was able to get away with this and this was a copyright law how did Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams with blurred lines literally get smacked if he found guilty off of the whole basis of their trial was it's about a feeling it wasn't anything copyrighted it was about they took a feeling from a song that's the weirdest thing about me in law and in just entertainment business type of law. There are a lot of loopholes. In the law, there's a lot of loopholes in general, but just in entertainment, you can just be creating something. And just by happenstance, what you created happens to just by a small glance reference or even sound familiar to another song. And guess what? You can get slapped up with hey, you stole my song, or hey, you stole this, hey, you stole that, now we got to go to court for this. I don't like that about copyright or just that about music or even an art in general. Whenever you throw out a piece of work, if someone completely just ganked it, ripped it off, sampled it, yeah, cool, fine. 
then you can go to court. You can smack them up for that. Or you can talk to them and say, hey, yo, you owe me some money for this and that. Fine, you do whatever. But if someone creates art and it might reference your thing a little bit, not a lot, but people might say, eh, it might sound a little like this. Guess what? That got to go. You got to let that person just live. I will not forget the rapper Logic. He talked about this. He talked about copyright. He talked about how, um, I believe it was Tribe Called Quest. They got slapped up with the Can I Kick It? Now, Tribe Called Quest, they weren't able to make any money off that song because Tribe Called Quest, apparently they sampled it off of somebody else. So that money goes to them. So Logic talked about how whenever he used the can I kick it, just that one word he talked about, he would say, can I kick it? And his friends in the background in the song would say, yes, you can. That money that Logic made off that song, just off of him saying, can I kick it? That will go directly to not to a tribe called Quest, but to the other people. That is incredibly insane. Just using a phrase can go off to someone else. That's completely nuts to me so right now i just don't know how to feel about a lot of things in not just the music industry but entertainment industry alone also before i get off of this this comes from vibe 50 cent and fat joe both are being accused of stealing hit songs from independent producer um music business worldwide reports david w smith has filed a lawsuit against 50 cent and joe claiming copyright infringement related to 50 cents 2005 single Candy Shop and Terror Squad's 2004 song, Lean Back. He is seeking a percentage of profits made from both songs, compensation for damages, and legal fees. And he claims the plaintiffs have made millions of dollars from their exploitation. According to the suit, which was filed on April the 27th, the Maryland-based producer claims that both songs contain elements poached from his song, What You Come For, which he released with the rapper Mo Wet in 2003. However, an official copyright for the song was issued in April 2022, nearly 20 years after its creation and initial release. Smith claims that musical notions and comparative images of waveforms of all three songs will help prove his case, which also lists Lean Back co-star Remy Ma and producer Scott Storch, who's credited as the producer of both songs as defendants. Now, when I heard about this one, or I looked into this one, I played What You Come For, and I listened to it, I was like, okay. I played Lean Back, and I said, okay. And then I listened to Candy Shop, and I said, okay. Candy Shop has taken nothing away from this guy, the What You Come For song. They didn't take nothing from my ears. The only thing that I can see What You Come For trying to get at the whole Lean Back record is some type of beat at the beginning of uh, the Lean Back song. You can hear it a little bit, but it's not a lot. But come on, dude. This guy or this whole thing is nothing but a reach. This is the biggest reach. You could have easily gotten at both of these guys whenever they were making money off of these songs if you felt so bad about it. This was literally 20 years ago, almost 20 years for lean back and candy shop you could have gotten them but you didn't this is stupid you saw ed sharon was going through this crap and you thought oh, okay maybe i can start getting some money off of my stuff for somebody ganking me dude listen i feel that there should be a statute of limitation on certain things even with musicians and people like that if you feel that they were 
ripping you off some years ago, guess what? There should be a window of these things. And guess what? If you didn't file it within a certain window, hey, there's nothing that we could do for you because you wasted time. That's all on you. That's your problem. That's not our bad. So what's going to happen here? I think 50 Cent and Fat Joe probably going to talk to each other. They're probably going to get with this guy and probably just kill that whole thing. 50 style, I don't think 50 is going to uh, intimidate him, but I think 50 is going to talk to him as a man and as a boss and probably like say, hey, listen, I can drag this out in court. I can have people just kill this thing off. You're wasting time. Go about your business. Get out of here. Again, 50 Cent, he's that type of guy that doesn't take crap. You see what type of time he's on. If you see Instagram, he has time for anyone if you piss him off. So, again, that's not the right guy to mess with, but I can see 50 really just handling this guy real quick and real easy and whatever. So, do I think this thing is going to make it to the court like that? No. It'll be shocking if it does, but time will tell. And if it does, hey, I'll be back here bringing you guys more information up to that. Now, before I get you guys out of here, last thing I want to talk about is the class of 2023 rock and roll inductees which includes Kate Bush, Willie Nelson, and Missy Elliott, and also more people like Sheryl Crow, um, George Michael, Rage Against the Machine, The Spinners. Those are like the big inductee names for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but also going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in different categories, you will have guitarist Link Ray and hip-hop influencer DJ Cool Herc will be recognized in the Hall's musical influencer category. Also, Al Cooper, Bernie Troopin, and Shaka Khan will be given awards for musical excellence and soul train creator, producer, and host Don Cornelius will be given the Emmett Eatingun Award, which has been handed out since 2020 to an influential figure in the industry. So those are your class for the Rock and Roll 2023 Hall of Fame. And the induction ceremony for this class will be held on Friday, November 3rd in Brooklyn. Congratulations to every single one of them. The only person I know majority out of this is Missy Elliott. Again, because, well, I know at least hip-hop and Missy Elliott's uh, songs came out a lot in the 2000s. So Missy Elliott was a big factor in the hip-hop genre in the 2000s. And she still might be now, but just not to my uh, acknowledgement. But congratulations to everyone. Congratulations to Missy. I hope that uh, everyone gets to have their time in the sun at this uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in November. Because remember, November is going to come in a flash. We're already in March. Just think about it. If you snap your fingers, you could think about what you were doing just in January because it was just here just that quick. So imagine in a flash, November, December, we'll be here because we're almost in the halfway mark of the year. So that's where we're at here. But again, congratulations to the um, 2023 Hall of Fame inductee uh class now with that being said it's time for me to get you guys out of here i want to thank apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, podbeam audible the usual podcast uh sites that keep this whole thing going i want to thank them because without them this would not be possible this whole uh podcast me getting it out there to you the downloaders the listeners won't be possible so i want to thank them and i also want to thank you the uh downloaders the podcast listeners without you guys this would just be one guy talking into a microphone in an empty void and i do want to thank you guys that uh download this episode download these episodes uh weekly i want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart thank you guys now with that being said always remember i love you i love I love you all. This is not a gimmick. This is me from the bottom of my heart telling you guys that. 
I do love you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you guys have a great Sunday. Please be careful out there. Life is uh, too precious. Life is short. So please say uh, a prayer for everyone that you know. And also just call up your loved ones and just check in on them and uh, make sure they're good. So with that being said, this has been my Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. He is I and I am him. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. I will see you. Well, you'll hear from me again if you watch wrestling. you hear from me in my next episode. Literally today is the Backlash uh, review. Backlash happened last night. So that review should be up right now. And also the midweek uh, breakdown. If you haven't listened to this past week's episode, it's available. But I will be coming back with you guys with another midweek breakdown episode um, this Wednesday. Now with self-promotion out of the way, I do love you all. Please have a great day. And Kanye, could you please... Take these people home. I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.